Good morning, Idlewild Bible Church. Yeah, what a good turnout this morning, huh? Everybody came because they have some big, serious questions for Clint after the service, right? Like, when can you start? Something like that, right? All right. I'm excited for that. Hey, I'm here. I'm alive. I was at Hume all week with the, I actually got to be a counselor for the little man goblins that we call middle school boys. And uh, yeah, they were fun. I uh, Honestly, um, if you are a middle school parent, congratulations. You have seriously the most awesome boys ever. And by the way, we have some church discipline that needs to take place. Um, yeah. Kevin, I pulled rank and told you I ordered you to wear these. I ordered you and you did not wear them. You brought them and had my children put them in my lap. So these are his pants from camp that he got tie-dye ward with. So anyhow, here, go here. I'm going to put them right here. You can put them on in a minute. Um, so, no, we had a great time, and man, I, I've done, I, I was in uh, youth ministry for about a decade, and, and I had uh, some, uh, I, I've probably done 30 or 40 youth camps, and I have to say, as far as middle school, I'm sorry, Kyron, I have to say I'm sorry, this group of kids was absolutely the, like, most respectful just best behaved, and the boys got second place out of 16 teams. So, yeah, awesome. Did really good. A lot of that was memory verses, memory work, really cool. So the girls were like 14th out of 16, so well, they didn't remember their verses. But anyhow, um, yeah, and Kyron actually was, Kyron over here uh, who won an award for youngest dad was actually one of my youth many, many years ago. So... Um, anyhow, uh, I want to uh, introduce our guest speaker. He's almost not a guest anymore. Uh, since I've been, I had COVID, he came twice and uh, was just truly blessed. Oh, before I do that, though, I want to brag on my own kids. Can I brag on them? Um, just real quick. Um, so each year for Father's Day, there's this book that they write in, and each, each one of them writes a little Father Day, Father's Day message, draws a picture, whatever, in the book. My oldest daughter, I want to quote her, um, I don't deserve this. She says, Dad, you give the best advice even when I don't like it. Oh, oh that just melted me. And I'm going to top that. Well, I can't top that. But my children love me. You want to know how I know that? I also got this. You know what that is? That is some new handlebars for my motorcycle. <laughs> yes, I've been wanting these for a long time. So... Thank you, kids. I love you guys. And I love IBC. Um, and that's why I invited Justin. As far as youth, um, Justin's daughters, uh, his youngest two, were also students of mine. And I, I'll never forget, I, I want to introduce him. His daughter, Ashley, just, she was like my daughter, Ashley. She just, she walks in the room and just lights up the whole room. Just beautiful smile, beautiful girl. And sadly, it was about 15 and a half years ago, she was murdered. And I... As soon as I heard the news, I immediately went over to Justin's house and I gave him a hug. And I was like, man, I, I don't know what to say, Justin. And he says, don't say a word, Jeff. It means more than anything that you're here with me. And uh, there's a whole group of people from the 
school that we worked at had worked out together and and just just heartbreak and within 10 minutes he's trying to feed me so that is the heart of of my dear friend justin and uh and dear mentor and somebody who has probably spoken more truth into my life than anybody so i want to introduce you justin you've seen him before and uh you're in for a treat god bless you justin thank you Kevin, I'm going to bring these pants back and you're going to wear them. Here we go. Can you all hear me now? Okay, very good. Well, I want to introduce my wife right over here, Janie. We've been married 53, going on 53 and a half years. And she speaks and teaches all the place I'm typically known as Janie Alfred's husband. So anyway. But I'm deeply honored to be here to, today, and so I got the time frame there. I need to be through by 11.55, so I'll go probably 15 minutes longer. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm not going to do that. But let's pray as we get uh, into God's Word, shall we? Father, we just really want to thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for all that you're doing here in IBC. And just ask, Lord, you bless this. You bless your word, this ministry. It's your ministry. Uh, minister to the hearts and minds of each and every person here, Lord, by your spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say once again, I said it first service. I'm saying again, you guys are blessed beyond words to have Clint as your worship leader. I go quite a number of places, and this is biblical worship. This is based on truth, and I tell you what, that's versus entertainment, which is huge. All right, so what we're going to be doing this morning is I'm going to be, my text that we're going to really start from is going to be the Gospel of John, and I want us to look at that real quickly, John's Gospel, chapter 3, uh, verse 30, and then we're going to go all over the place. Let's look at John 3.30. Now, what I do, and this is what I've been doing for quite some time, is I have people stand and read the verses that I want to be read. Now, let me tell you why I do that. Because I don't want you to be focused on me. I want you to be focused on the Word of God right here. I want you all to be reading it versus me just reading it, quoting blah, 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 blah. I want you guys to be doing this, Okay. So, I like my order. I like to have a man, a woman, a woman, or man, however, boom, 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 boom. We've got a bunch of stuff to go through. So, since we say ladies first, what lady would like to stand and read John 3.30? You're smiling. You want to do it? <laughs> John 3, verse 30, sweetheart. Yes. He must increase, but I must decrease. Thank you very much. Now, I'm going to give you a greater detail about this, and then we're going to go into some other scriptures. First service, I started another place, went back here, but we're starting here. This whole chapter uh, 3 of John is a powerful chapter. The first half is dealing with Nicodemus. Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. Actually, Nicodemus came to him. He was a Pharisee. 
And he saw the miracles that Jesus was doing. He says, God got to be with you. And then Jesus went into the whole aspect of what it meant to be born again. And he said, what do you mean? And he described clearly what it meant to be born again by the Spirit of God in our inner man. Then the second half is very fascinating. That's where this verse comes from. This was spoken by John the Baptist. And what happened is Jesus and his disciples were down at the Jordan baptizing. Uh, his disciples were baptizing people in the Jordan River. And John's disciples see that. And they get all bent out of shape. And the reason they do, because of their narcissistic pride and self-centeredness that every one of us in here have. And they come back to him. They say, and I'm kind of paraphrasing it, this isn't fair. You're the one that baptized Jesus, and now they're all going to him to be baptized. They should be coming to you, blah, 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 blah. And John the Baptist responds with this statement. Now, I want you all to write this down if you want to. I'm going to give you an amplified translation of this. Typically, your English text, as, as you read, ma'am, says, he must increase. But literally, the wording here is, that one must unequivocally continually increase. But listen to this. But I must unequivocally continually be decreased. Whoa. <clears throat> now, John the Baptist learned this. God taught this to him in a very powerful way. And as we get into God's Word, God makes it real to us, and this is a truth that he teaches. Now, I am 75 and a few months old, I've been a Christian 56 and a half years. I accepted Christ October the 1st, 1965 as a freshman at Mississippi State. Anybody here from the southeast? Oh, my goodness. Oh, where are you from, sir? Houston. Where? Houston. Houston. So are you a UT, Houston Oilers, or what are you? All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> Well, welcome to the Southeastern Conference if you're a Texas or Oklahoma fan. We're glad to have you. My little brother lives in Jackson. Are you serious? Where? Where? My lands. Of, wow. That's great. I'd love to talk to you about that, but we need to talk about this. Is he, but let me ask you, is he an old Mrs. State fan? Do you know? Which one? Bulldog. Yes! Excuse me, I'm sorry. That's Mississippi State. Anyway, I came to Christ my freshman year there. And that was the first semester the Fellowship of Christian Athletes was on the campus at Mississippi State. I was the first athlete to come to Christ through that ministry, directly through a fellow teammate. But right after that, October the 1st, 1965, around November. I had a Baptist pastor, Southern Baptist pastor. This man loved the Lord. He had a great outreach to the kids there at Mississippi State. 
called well, Starkville, Mississippi. That's the campus. And he came to me and he says, Justin, you are a state university. You're not going to get Bible studies in your classes. And he said, I want to encourage you to study the Bible like it was another course. Now, I was and still am just a meathead. And all I had was my King James version of the Bible. That was it. But I started in November of 1965, started reading in the book of John. And I would simply write down, I'd read John first, I mean John 1, 1 through 13, whatever, 12, and I would write down what it was God was saying to me. Where I met my wife, the pastor there, powerful teaching. And he came up to me while I was talking about this. He says, Justin, I want to encourage you in your prayer to pray to God about everything. I said, everything? He said, yes. Now I'd like for somebody, for a man, since your wife stood up, you want to stand up? <laughs> I can't see these words. Oh, is that right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Philippians. So we're in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, let me get there real quick, sir. Hold on. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. You got it? Philippians. That's all right. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. All right, here we go. Everybody ready? Here we go. Four verses six and seven. Stop right there, please. Do not be anxious about how much? Anything. Anything. Whoa. Let me tell you, that's the very opposite of what our natural man, and I'm talking about even as born-again Christians, we still have this carnal nature. Keep going, sir. But and how much? Everything. So you don't be anxious about one thing, but in everything, go for it. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Keep going, sir. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Is that glorious or what? Thank you so much, sir. You did a great job. Is that incredible or what? Wow, wow. Now, I want to read another passage. I didn't read this one first service, but it is, we're going to do it now. Turn back to John's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Who'd like to stand and read that? Go for it, ma'am. Hallelujah. Now, let me just tell you, this is just my perspective. See, we have born-again believers, and we have born-again believers who are disciples. We're not going to take the time to go through it, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, and in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, 
excuse me, 14 through 18 there. Let me look there real quick. So make sure you can, I'm giving you the right passage here. Hold on. Hold on here one minute. Hebrews, I'm getting old man. I'm forgetting what I'm doing here. Yeah, uh, Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14. There we go. We have a description there of Christians who are baby Christians and remain in a baby immature state for a very long time. Now, I'm looking out here, I see some young teenagers and young, hey, I see you guys over there. And you know what? I bet I don't bet I bet none of you all, as we were talking about the award there for the people have those, I bet all y'all take care of yourself when you go to the bathroom, right? Can you imagine if these over here, their parents did that? That'd be say, whoa, whoa, what's wrong with that? Well, listen to me. To be a disciple of Jesus, discipleship is based upon you being in his word and being surrendered to his lordship. Oh, my lambs alive. And notice what he says. If you abide in my word, I'll look at it right here. Truly, my disciples, you are, you will con you are continually, you are continually my disciples if you are continually abiding in my word. Is that incredible? Boom. And listen to this. And you will continually know the truth and the truth will continually set you free. Is that amazing? Not leaning on your own flawed, skewed, perverted reasoning. And we're going to read about that in just a minute. So let's turn now, if we may, to the book of Proverbs. Okay? I'm keeping an eye on the time so Brother Jeff won't throw me out. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Who would like to read that? So we need a guy now. Let's have some man. Come on, somebody. Go for it. Very good, sir. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Stop. Trust in the Lord with how much? How much is that, ladies and gentlemen? And it's not talking about your physical organs. It's talking about your inner man. Keep going, sir. Oh, my goodness. And continue. Do not lean on, rely on, trust in, Depend on and exalt your own perverted, skewed, flawed, narcissistic, misdirected reasoning. Now the next verse, please. Now, he read acknowledge. Let me just tell you in the Hebrew of, of what really is a literal translation. In all of your ways, know him. Wow, that's what that word is. I don't know why they think you said it. Know him. Now, let me tell you what, I'll tell you, go ahead and read the faith, because I know you don't stand up the whole time. Go ahead and read the, any of it. And all your ways, I'm going to give you the, and all your ways, every aspect of your life, know him, meaning know what his word says in all aspects of your life. Acknowledge really is a bad translation uh, in that in that verse, I think. 
Because acknowledge, let me, oh shoot. Ah, uh, here we go. Acknowledge for us typically in English just means, okay, I just recognize blah, blah, blah. I look out there and I say, you know, I acknowledge that baby chair over there. I see it. I just see it. I'm not going to go out there and get it, sit in it or anything. But really in the Hebrew, this word here is saying know him. And there are a few translations I've seen that have come out and they put that in there, which is, to me, that's what it ought to be. And what does that mean, know him? Two passages. We're not going to look at them, but I want you guys to look at them. Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and Luke 4, 1 through 13. Both of these passages are dealing with Jesus' encounter with Satan in the wilderness. Where Satan came and tempted Jesus, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eye. And in each one of those instances, when uh, Satan tempted him, Jesus responded by saying, well, Rabbi Hillel says blah, 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 blah. And Rabbi Shimei, these are the two leading rabbis of that age, said blah, 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 blah. Is that what happened? Come on, is that what happened? Come on, guys, yes or no, is that what happened? No! no! What Jesus did was, quote, Scripture. Now, Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man to give us an example of how we're to be. Are you with me? So what we just got through reading in John's gospel there, if you want to continually be set free from your own misguided, narcissistic, deceived, carnal reasoning, this is what you need to do. So in all of your ways, know him. Now, my wife doesn't like me to do this, but I like doing it because it really it's the only way to do it. That last phrase there, and he will direct your paths, <clears throat> that word direct or straighten out is the most intense verb form you have in the Hebrew. It's called a PL. It's a cause and effect. This is what it's saying. And he will continually cause your paths to be straightened out. If you read that in the Hebrew, that's how it would come at you. Whoa! He is going to straighten out the direction of your life. Is that incredible or what? But how does it come? Just like Jesus said in John 8, 31 and through, as you abide in his word, you then truly become a disciple because he's teaching you. And you are going to continue to know the truth and guess what? That truth is going to continue to set you free. Now, let's turn, if we may, now to the book of 1 John. Okay? The book of 1 John, back here in the back. And chapter 2 and verse 27. What lady would like to read that? can be a young lady, middle lady, old lady, whatever. Come on, ladies, somebody. There we go. Thank you, ma'am. Praise the Lord. 1 John 2, 27.
Hallelujah. Thank you very much, young lady. What this is saying is this. Every one of us who are a born-again child of God, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. As great a pastor and teacher as Brother Jeff is, Brother Jeff, you and I are both flawed and skewed people, aren't we? I'm more than you. <laughs> We're not the grid for truth, are we? This is. Okay. So here's the point, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my thing in my big fat ear here. Here's the point. I don't care what man, woman you hear, they're flawed, skewed people. Now God ministers through us, but we have severe limitations. The Holy Spirit in you doesn't. I thank God that that Baptist pastor told me to get into the Bible and study it like another course, because I did all through college. While I was in college, let me just give you an example. I'm not going to give a name, but I'm going to give you an example. At the end of my sophomore year at Mississippi State, June the 5th through the 10th, 1967, I see a few people out here, white-haired old men like me. How many of you remember what happened then? Who remembers? Do you remember, sir? June 5th through the 10th, 1967. I'm sorry. Who remembers? Anybody? A major, major event in the Middle East. I'll give you a hint about that. That was when Israel was attacked by the Arab nations. Boom! They conquered the Golan Heights, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. June 5th through the 10th, the Six-Day War. When I got back to college, beginning of my junior year, there was a teacher. I'm not going to tell you who he is or who he was. He's still alive. In fact, he lives in the Marietta area. But this guy was saying, this is it. And he was very involved in Campus Crusade for Christ. This is it. This is it. Five to ten years, Jesus is coming back. Oh, so I get back there, I'm just a meathead, a meathead. But for two years, I'd been reading the Bible on my own, praying, I'd come to the prayer thing. I would come to things in the Bible, and I didn't know, and I would pray and pray and pray, God, what's this showing me about? I get back there, and so these are a lot of young Christians there at Mississippi State. They would say, oh, this is it. Jesus Christ found it. Wait a minute. Matthew 24, 36, Jesus says, nobody knows the time. Not even the son, the son as a man knows the time. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, it's not for you to know ever the times or epochs how God has ordered them. But what we're to be about doing is preaching the gospel, which includes telling he's coming back, but not trying to guess when. But you know what people responded to me with? And this was the first time I experienced it, but I've seen it since then many times. Yes, but so-and-so says, blah, 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 blah. Because their faith and confidence was in that man because they were letting that man do their thinking and believing for them <laughs> versus getting into the Word. You go back and you read 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9, you see that and you see that here. And let me tell you why John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing this. There was a major heresy at that day and time. Gee whiz. Okay. 
there was a major heresy at that time, and it was called Gnosticism. This was at the end of the first century A.D. About 85, it went all the way up to about 120 A.D., 130. And uh, what the Gnostics taught, the word Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. And this stemmed from the Greek philosopher Aristotle, who taught as we learn and learn, we're going to be just become great and great and become one with God through our knowledge. Kind of what he taught. They embraced this. They denied Jesus was the Son of God. They denied that he was God in the flesh. Some of them taught that he was just a, like a, a ghost or something like that. But this was their whole idea. And they said, no person out there can read the manuscripts because then they didn't have a Bible like we have. They were just the different manuscripts were written, people passed around. You can't understand that. You have to go to a spiritual one of the Gnostics who's the only one that can really interpret it correctly. And John is saying, wait a minute, that's, I'm going to use, he didn't say imbecilic, but I'm saying that's utterly imbecilic. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He is the one that's going to teach and guide you. Now we grow in our knowledge. We grow as we study. We grow as we learn continually. But you understand this is it. And I learned and I saw that then. I've seen it again other times. I've seen it where men of God, men that y'all would know, I'm not going to call names, especially in the area of eschatology, have gotten off on things. Oh, this is it. He's coming back at this time. And I just said, oh, my gosh. But ladies and gentlemen, young people over here, these precious young men and others, young ladies too, Please understand this. You need to be in God's word. You need to be men and women of prayer. You need to seek the Lord because he's the one that's going to teach you. Okay? I've been a professor for about almost 30 years. And one of the greatest things I like, I don't like it, but one of the greatest things that I praise the Lord for is when I make a mistake in my teaching. That sounds weird. Why? Why? Anybody know why? Yeah, who said that? Yes! Because I'm showing them I'm just a flawed, skewed man. I'm not the ultimate source. God's Word is. Are you with me? You need to go back and whatever this was, you need to find for yourself. You need to research. You need to read. You need to examine that and see because I'm a flawed, skewed man. And so this is so significant for us as we do this. So we're talking about being in the Word. We're talking about being in prayer, okay? This is absolutely essential. As Jesus continually increases, as we continually decrease, as we don't rely on our flawed, skewed understanding, that's going to be a breaking process, a breaking process. Now, I see you've got a gold, world gym thing. Oh. How long have you been working out, sir? Since I was 13. How old are you now? 54. Excellent. You keep it up. I'm 75. I started when I was about 15, okay, maybe a little bit younger. Now, I've been also, I've been in martial arts for about 40 years, okay, 
Now, I'm here to tell you, this young man works out. What happens if you don't work out for about three months? You're going to be sucking wind, aren't you? Now, let me tell you, as an old man, when I go to the gym, and I, I bet he can probably tell, what is the one exercise I hate more than anything else? What do you think? Squats. No. I got bad knees. I can't do those much now anyway. Guess what else? Anybody? Yeah. See, you're too young. <laughs> He's close to my age. Sit-ups. Okay, is that it? You're 80? Woo! Sir, you're well-preserved. Give that young man a hand. I'm going to tell you. I hate sit-ups, but you know what? As an old man, taking care of the core here in the back is probably the most important thing I can do. I got bad knees from football, martial arts, shoulders, all kinds of But let me tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand. When I go to the gym, that's the last thing I do. And it's not sometimes, occasionally, it's almost every time I get that point. Oh, you don't have to do sit-ups. Oh, yeah. I say, and I say, no. I need to do the sit-ups because I know this is my physical body. This is the only one I, that can take care of it. My wife can't take it. She's an incredible cook, but she can't do that for me. Nobody can do that. Listen to me. Your prayer life and your systematic study of God's Word, nobody can do that for you but you. Is it going to be demanding? Unequivocally. My prayer time, I start in the morning. And many times the enemy comes to me, oh, you got too much, you don't have time to pray, you pray just No, I do it. Many times I start praying, everything is in my, in my flesh. Oh, no, you don't have time. No, I don't have time not to. Please understand that it's a battle. Reading the words, the same thing. Let me give you all an example of something. I'm going to be through here in just a few minutes, Brother Jeff. Don't throw me out. Okay. How many chapters are in the book of Proverbs? All right. Let me ask you all this. The longest months that we have in our calendar, how many days are in that? 31. Did you know that there are 31 chapters in Proverbs? Many years ago, in fact, about probably 50 years ago, I was first in seminary. Billy Graham was teaching, and he says, you know, just as a suggestion, he says he'd been doing this, there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Whatever the day of the month it is, read that chapter. If you looked at, I've had several Bibles since my Christian, if you looked at my current Bible, especially in the book of Proverbs, it's marked up all over the place. And let me tell you what, there are times I go there and I read things that I've been reading forever, and all of a sudden I say, oh my gosh, I didn't see that. You're right, Justin, you didn't see that. Because it's not your intellect that grasps it, it's the Holy Spirit as he brings his brokenness and makes that truth alive. Is that, am I, am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Absolutely. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches us and makes that word come alive in our hearts. Now, I want us to finish up by looking over here at Luke's gospel real quick. Chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Who would like to read that? 
Let's see, I forget now. This is a man or woman? What? A man? Okay, a man. Let's have a man. Oh, that's right. This young lady back here in the back. Right okay, let's have, let's have a man. Come on, guys. Very good, sir. Oh, you are. Okay, we're in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, sir. Keep going, verse 24. Wow. I'm going to give you an amplified translation. He was continually, continually saying to all of them. It was an ongoing, continuous thing. Why? They hear it, but they don't hear it. It's like we all do. If anyone continually desires to continually come after me, at each and every point during the day, when his carnal nature comes in, his anger, his lust, his jealousy, his pride, his self-pity, boom! Sorry. Immediately, but that woke you up, didn't it? Made your attention. Immediately, you bring that thought to captivity, to the obedience of Jesus, and you deny yourself. Oh, my lands. Secondly, in doing that, you're taking up the cross, which is death to self. Boom. That's all day during the day. Folks, this is not religion. <laughs> this is walking and spiritual. Anybody here been in martial arts? Anybody at all? Oh, you have. What style, ma'am? I couldn't hear you. What? Praise God. My precious granddaughter's just got her first degree in Taekwondo in Colorado Springs. That's great. Now, how far have you gotten in it, ma'am? Okay, very good. If all you did was go to your martial arts training once every three months, how well would you learn it and be able to do it? Very poorly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is practicing God's word every day during the day. And notice what he says after the denying yourself, taking the cross up, then, you will be able to follow me. Meaning, if, if I'm not doing that, I'm going to follow my own flawed, skewed, narcissistic, misdirected self. How many of us have done that? Let's do the other. Finishing up the last verse, and I'm going to be out of here. Brother Jeff's going to throw me out. But whoever desires to save his life. So that word life there doesn't mean your physical life or your soul. It means your inner man, your, inner, your, your sense of identity and self-worth. Whoever desires to save that. I know what you're saying I should do, Lord, but you're practicing but theology, not what you said on, but the conjunction. I know what you're saying, God, but I don't know you can do it. I'm going to do it. You're going to end up sucking wind. Now, I don't know if you do this, but in my style that we learned, we call the mass attack. You've got three or four people coming at you. 
And what we teach, you know, look, I don't want to fight. You, you know, you're gentle and all this. But you really calm down. You act like you're timid Timmy. And if they leave and go away, praise the Lord. But a lot of times, we, you tweet, the guy who thinks he's the big tough guy, push you around, push you around. Finally, there comes a point when he does that and you realize, I won't go through the motions, but you go through a block and basically you come up and you hit all kinds of ways and he's on the ground bleeding and then you give what's called a key eye. I'm not going to do that. But it's a very loud scream and those are guys going to run away. Let me tell you what, that's what Satan's trying to do to you. Oh, poor thing, you don't have time for this. Oh, you don't have, okay, okay, I guess you're right. Then he's just going to come up and knock the snot out of you. Am I right? How many of you have ever had the snot knocked out of you by him like that? So we learn, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't want that anymore. But whoever would choose to lose his inner man, his pride, his narcissistic self-identity, for the sake of Jesus, you're going to find your true liberated identity in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I want every head bowed and every eye closed right now. If you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray quietly to yourself this prayer that I'm going to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed you. But I'm asking you now, O oh Lord, to forgive me of all my sin, to come into my heart by the Holy Spirit and cleanse me, deliver me, and set me free through your salvation. And I thank you now, O oh Lord, that you have come into my life and saved me as I called upon your name and you promised you would. And I thank you now, Lord, for my salvation, my forgiveness, and my cleansing in you. In Jesus' name. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. If you're here as a believer and there are areas in your life that you're struggling with and surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus, I want you just to pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me, for cleansing me, and for keeping me by the power of your indwelling Holy Spirit. But Lord, I choose by your power to surrender and you name whatever area or areas in your life that you need to surrender to his lordship. Just name it quietly to yourself. And I thank you, Lord, for your breaking and conforming me to the image of Jesus in my inner man. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you all.